Hey, everybody. Good morning. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to Off the Bench with Heidi St. John. Today is Thursday, April the 8th, and you have found me at my little corner of the internet. I'm so glad you guys are here. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of family, and I'm going to speak directly to the parents who are looking at a season and releasing children. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, I'm glad you guys are here today. We are getting ready tomorrow, actually, to go to Salem, Oregon, so I can be speaking for the People's Church there. Really excited about that. And I know a bunch of you guys are excited, too, because I heard that you're coming out. So I'm really excited. Thanks for coming out, and thanks for just encouraging us. Also, thank you, everybody, who keeps sending in your notes and your anecdotes for how you are getting off the bench and onto the battlefield. I'm going to be answering some of your questions today and just really leaning into the wisdom of the Bible to encourage you in a season of releasing children. I'm also going to answer a couple of questions from listeners, but I wanted to start out with a little bit of a devotional from a book I wrote couple of years ago called Bible Promises for Moms. Now, this book is like $3.99, so it's really inexpensive. The whole point of us doing it this way was that you would buy them in stacks of like five or 10 and you'd give them away. This book is full of Bible Promises for Moms, about 80 different topics, and you can look them up, whether it's motherhood or opportunities or when you feel overwhelmed or those of you who are struggling with infertility Maybe you've got a prodigal. Maybe you're asking God for provision. All of these topics are addressed in a little tiny pocketbook I wrote called Bible Promises for Moms. And you can find that anywhere books are sold. Again, we would just encourage you, if you can, buy a stack of five of them. They make great presents for moms at baby showers or any mom that just feels discouraged. So a little copy of Bible Promises for Moms and a gift certificate for your favorite coffee house. Wow, what a great combination. So I had a listener write in and she was asking about family. And, you know, this happens frequently here at the show. We get questions on every season of life and motherhood in particular. And Becky from Sugar Hill, Georgia wrote in and said, Heidi, I have two of my children getting married this summer. I'm so happy that both of them have found godly spouses and that their future families all love the Lord. I know you have children that have gotten married. My question is, how have you transitioned your own family traditions and holiday events so that you're giving your married children the space to start their own family traditions, but still having them participate in the events with you? So this is this is a bit of a sticky wicket. And I always tell parents, you know, that my husband Jay and I have experienced our greatest trials and our greatest joys really in the context of raising our seven children. And for some of those years, we've also enjoyed the blessing of living in an extended family with some of my siblings and with my husband's parents. You guys, God is the author of families. Families are his idea. So God's heart is to take orphans and put them in families. And in some cases, that means he places those who are once far from God as, and, he, and he makes them as adopted sons and daughters. And daughters. He adopts us into his family. And in other cases, it means he orchestrates literal adoption. And in other cases, he entrusts children to a husband and wife to raise. So no matter what your family looks like, I want you guys to think about this right now. Just know that within this circle of those relationships, God intends for you to find peace and joy and hope as you experience love and intimacy within your family. And this is true for every season. 
And as we enter the season where our children begin to leave, keep it in mind, family is God's idea. And it's a gift that he gives to you. And so sometimes it feels crazy. Sometimes it's freewheeling. Sometimes it feels out of control. But it's always ever only a gift. I remember talking with a friend just weeks before my firstborn was to be married. And you guys, I mean, this was rough, right? Especially for a homeschool mom who's just spent my entire life pouring into this child. And I always joke and say, you know, you you spend all this energy raising your children, right? And you pour into them. You don't understand how much a mother loves her own children until you're a mother yourself, right? That's that's true. I think across the board, same thing with fathers. We can't understand the love of a parent until we have our own children. And there's really no use, you guys, in trying to beat your kids up with it and say, you just don't understand because they don't understand. And there's no way they can possibly understand. And I, I'm imagining, as those of you who are listening to this and you've got little kids, you just cannot fathom the day when your daughter or your son will come to you and they'll they'll be ready to leave your home. And like I said, I'm, I will often joke with parents and say, you know, you pour into your kids for all of these years. They get to the point in their lives when they really are a joy to be around, right? You're not, you don't have to worry about correcting them all the time. They're actually helpful. They see that the dishes need to be done. And rather than you asking them, they get up and do it. And then somebody comes along and marries them and benefits from all your hard work, <laughs> right? And then they, then, then your child moves out and hopefully you've invested enough to where you have a relationship with that child. And I I feel like I sort of stumbled along, particularly as my first daughter was getting married. You guys, I was consumed, I'm not even kidding you, with uncertainty and doubt about the situation. And my friend Steve's words resonated with me then and they do now. As I was sitting uh, on the phone with he and his wife, Jane, and just saying, I don't, I don't know about this. I'm just not sure, you know. My my heart to just protect my daughter was drowning out the fact that I raised her to release her. And I started just doubting, maybe she doesn't know how to pick a spouse. Maybe Ryan's not going to be good to her. You know, all of those things. And Steve said to me, Heidi, you've raised your daughter. You've prayed over her. You've taught her well. And now you need to trust the Holy Spirit and trust that he's at work with her and give her wings to fly. You guys, the Bible says the children are like arrows. Remember we talked about this last week and arrows serve no purpose if they're just safely tucked away in a quiver. To be effective, you got to launch arrows and we've got to let them go. And if you've ever shot a bow and arrow, then you know when you pull that string back, the tension gets higher and higher until just before you loose that arrow. And it's the same way in our lives with our children. The tension can be high in our children's teenage years, but in the end, You can't let your fears outweigh your faith. We are called to raise our children well and then release them, right? Remember, they were never really ours in the first place. We've simply had them on loan from the one who loves them, even to the point of death on the cross for them. And so for those of you who have little kids, I'm going to encourage you to begin when your children are young to entrust them to the hands of of the one who created them. Releasing our children is the natural order of things. And the time that you will see all the seeds that you've so lovingly planted out begin to bear fruit is during the releasing phase of your children. And when it comes to traditions and holiday events, we've been really blessed so far that our children have married into families that are local here to where we live in uh, in Clark County, Washington. And I'm telling you, I mean, my littlest one, 
our youngest daughter, who's 10 years old, about two years ago, we were driving to church one Sunday morning and most of our kids were on the worship team. They almost all play instruments. And so they'd gone ahead of us and sailors sit in the backseat of the car with me and, and just kind of quiet, you know, she's sitting there with her doll and doing her thing. And she said, you know, mom, I said, what, hun? She said, you know what the hardest part is about being the youngest? No, everyone leaves you behind. And you guys, it just, I just was like, ugh. And, you know, he hadn't thought about that. You know, when Sailor was born, Savannah, our oldest daughter, was 19 years old, almost 20. And Sailor has grown up just surrounded by all these older siblings. And there's so much activity and so much uh, laughter and so much chaos and so much noise, you know, and all the things. And as the kids are leaving, she feels that as acutely as I do, but just in a different way. And so one of the things that we've tried to do with our own family and keeping those traditions alive, and I'm not, I'm not as good at, at this as I would like to be. I think you plan things well in advance. This is how you honor the other family because they're marrying into another family who loves their, their son or daughter equally, right? And so we want to honor that relationship and not try to strain it. And so as much as you can say, hey, what about this for next year? Come up with a rhythm. We've been really blessed to be able to just do Christmas and that kind of thing together. And whenever we can, we want to do, we want to do life together with the families of the spouses of our children. And so it, you know, grows your family, it enlarges your tent. That's what we pray for. Right. Um, But I think the main thing is that you respect them as adults and you say, Hey, what have you guys got going on for Thanksgiving? Or how about we do, maybe it's an every other year thing, but it's hard. And it's hard because you've had your kids home and you love having them around you, but you have to expand your tent and you have to think about another family too. And I'm telling you the blessing that comes from it, from, from not having your kids be in competition with you for your time or your energy, don't lay a guilt trip on them when they say, oh man, mom, I can't come because we already made plans with her family or whatever it is. Don't, you know, just go, oh, okay, well, let's, let's look at another date, right? We're working on that stuff and we want to walk in right relationships. So I think the main thing is give them time and talk about the stuff ahead of time so that the expectations, because usually when we get upset, it's because an expectation wasn't met, right? And, and I think that's what a lot of, a lot of this is about. It's just that, that expectation and, you know, you weren't really sure what it was going to look like. And so rather than talk about it openly, it hits you upside the head like a two by four and then you're upset. And so uh, just keep it, keep it in mind because your children are going to be your best friends all throughout their lives. And that's what we want. We want our kids to be best friends, right? That's exactly what we want. Zoya from Suffield, Connecticut said, hi, Heidi, I'm a homeschooled conservative Christian. You guys are going to love this. I really like to listen to your podcast whenever my mom plays them. Oh, it's a kid. I love this. I'm really frustrated with everything that's going on right now and I have a pretty good understanding of it all. I know that you always want us to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. However, it's hard because I'm a kid. No one takes me seriously unless they are my age. And if they are my age, they already share the same views because my mom has done a great job keeping me surrounded by good company. I love this kid. I really want to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. How can I do that with my limits? Thanks for everything you do from Zoya. Zoya is 12 years old. Zoya, I'm so proud of you for writing that letter. And obviously it sounds like I think God's going to do big things with you. So you know how I always tell my kids when they're your age and a little bit older, maybe a little bit younger, the best way that you can get onto the battlefield is to really understand the battle. 
So it sounds like your mom's doing a great job of educating you. There are lots of things that you can get involved in. Is there a, a club? Is there um, like a Turning Point USA club or anything like that that you guys can get involved in? Can you help with local campaigns? Can you go door knocking? There's so many things that you can do that uh, I think we, you know, we look at our kids today and we just, we just go, oh, you know, is it really going to make a difference? Yes, it's absolutely going to make a difference. And it probably is going to make more of a difference than you realize, Zoya. So just the fact that you wrote into me tells me you got some chutzpah, which I really admire. And I'd be asking your mom if she can help you get plugged in. So maybe you start a club or maybe you, maybe you're doing a book club or maybe you're doing a, a political club so that you understand kind of what's happening in the culture and you can educate other people. I think it's a fantastic idea. So I just want to encourage you in it because I think you've got a lot of years ahead of you. Now's the time for you just to really learn and spend your time soaking up information. Do you know about the history of our country? Do you know about the constitution? Those kinds of things. You're going to be a force to be reckoned with. I absolutely can tell. So uh, I'm excited for you. Thank you so much for writing in. All right, next question comes from anchor.fm from a mama with a preschooler. So I'm going to play that question and then I'll answer it. Hi, Heidi. I'm the mom of an almost four-year-old and my husband and I have already made the decision to homeschool, um, but all of the homeschooling groups that I found in my area don't start until kindergarten. I believe it's important for my son to be around other kids his age because he's so extroverted. So I started looking into Christian preschools in the meantime, and I've just been heartbroken at what I have found involving mask wearing. I decided that I'm going to open up my home and start a group of my own. I plan on keeping it pretty simple, but I was wondering if um, you have any preschool Bible curriculums that you would recommend, or if you just have any other advice for me, I could definitely use it. I'm a type A type of person, and I really like to have a plan. Thanks so much. All right. So this is a great question. A lot of you guys have heard me talk about homeschooling preschoolers. You know that my number one tip to homeschool a preschooler is don't. All right. So because I always felt like in in terms of homeschooling preschoolers, moms, we kind of throw ourselves on the on the chopping block, I think, and we come we become martyrs. And it's really easy to do that. When I my oldest couple of ones were little, I absolutely threw myself into it. Felt like they needed, you know, to be uh, they needed to be have every moment of the day scheduled, but that's actually not true. And as I get older and as my kids got older, I realized, okay, homeschooling is really important. Homeschooling preschool, not so much, especially if it's going to overwhelm your young learner with too much information. On the other hand, like if you're, if you're like I was when my oldest couple of kids were preschool age, I had so much energy and so much time and I really wanted to do it. And so if that's you, don't do it because you think your, your uh, preschooler just absolutely needs to be schooled because she really doesn't or he doesn't. I think the most important thing that you can do is develop a love for learning with your children. Develop a love for learning. It's never been more important than it is right now because I'm telling you what, the school system will suck the life right out of your children and the love for learning will go right with it. So you're in a, in a season of life I call the wonder years, which when you can instill a sense of wonder. And I love that you are going to get a bunch of moms together who are in a similar season. This is what we did when we started our very first homeschool cooperative. I looked for moms who were in the same season that I was, and then we got together. And I'm telling you what, the friendships that were made between the moms even, 
and the kids, obviously, but the friendships that were made have literally lasted a lifetime. And so a couple of tips I would tell you if you really want to be successful. I wrote a whole book, by the way, called The Busy Homeschool Mom's Guide to Daylight, How to Fit Your Size 16 Day into a Size 10. And one of the things that I really champion in that book is setting a schedule, setting a schedule for every single day. It doesn't need to be rigid. And in fact, you don't want it to be rigid but just some sort of a routine so that your children understand that there is an order to the day that you are going to be invested in that order. And I would write a schedule up and I would put it on the refrigerator. And so it helped me kind of move along, right? So we, I always did read alouds with my kids. I'm a huge fan of reading out loud. I've got tons of books. You guys can find them on my, on my website. And I'll link back to that in the show notes today. Read, 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 read. You cannot read enough with your kids. Get outside with your kids. Uh, do all kinds of things that are sort of sensory and um, and really bring that love of learning into your home. The other thing that I would encourage you to do every single day is have nap time or rest time. It doesn't have to be that your child is taking a nap. If you've got a six-year-old and they're not taking a nap anymore, that quiet time is still going to be invaluable. And so sometimes, you know, I would have my kids, I'd give them a stack of books and I would say, it's quiet time now and you need to sit on your bed or you need to sit on the couch. And the rule was they weren't allowed to talk to me and they weren't allowed to talk to other people. I wanted them to learn how to be okay with just sitting in quiet and just being quiet because the rest of the day uh, after that, you're probably not going to do very much structure. So the structure would be for the morning time, but in the afternoon, the kids could be free playing. And you guys, our kids learn through play. This is something that the schools have, you know, pretty much just gotten rid of. And so I would set up, I had a bin of hands-on activities for my kids that I always had. I had a book basket that was always available for them. When Savannah and Sierra and Skylar were little, I made a corner in our family room into what I called the activity corner. And so I put a little table and chairs. It was just their size in there, a little bookshelf. I had their toys and their crayons and everything on a bookshelf so that if they wanted to, they had lots of space to create. I wanted to be able to follow their own interests because I believed then and I really believe now that our kids come to us already hardwired with some sort of unique gifting and ability. And your job as a mother and a father really is to mine that kind of stuff out of them. So when it comes to you setting up an in-home play group for the kids, I think it's a wonderful idea. Learn from other mothers right? It's so important um, when you are raising your children that you're learning from other moms who have been there and done that. And you guys are going through a lot of the same things together. So again, I would, I would check out uh, a book I wrote called the busy homeschool moms guide to daylight, how to fit your size 16 day into a size 10. There's tons of different schedules in there, lots of ideas for you to uh, make sure that you learn the craft really and the skill and the art of homemaking. Homemaking really is an art and the culture says, oh, it's not a big deal. And what a dumb thing that you'd put your your hard-earned time and energy into it. Oh my goodness. I think homemaking is one of the most amazing things that we can do for our families is to keep a good home. And you're teaching your children how to do this too. So um, I hope that helps you. Check out, check out the Busy Homeschool Moms Guide to Daylight. And then listen, don't sweat the small stuff. Don't sweat the details about a preschool. You can get online. In fact, I just did it a minute ago. I'm uh, in the studio right now. My grandson is here and he didn't realize I was recording. So he came into the studio and I stopped the recording and I said, would you like to color a picture? And he said, yes. What would you like to color? He wasn't sure. So I just got on search engine and I typed in coloring pages, seven-year-old boy. And wouldn't you know it, all kinds of you know trucks and fire engines. And he saw a picture of a sports car and wanted me to 
print that off for him, which I did. And now he's happily coloring uh, at the table across from me. So it, it doesn't, you know, don't, don't feel like you've got to do this rocket science thing. You guys have a, fun with your kids, enjoy your kids, enjoy homeschooling them. And then don't sweat the small stuff because as long as you're reading and playing and doing um, activities with your kids, as long as they're helping you clean the kitchen and they're making cookies with you and you're interacting with them, you're going to do great. You're just doing great. All right. That's all the time I have for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this. And as always, I'm going to encourage you, love your families well today, you guys. Your families are worth investing in. Don't miss a single moment. It's the best thing that you'll ever do. All right. Have a great afternoon. And I will see you back here tomorrow, Friday, at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.